welcome listeners to another episode of Movie, Movie, Film, Film. It's a podcast where we pick a flick and decide if it's a movie or a film. That's true. I'm Nate, and we're all pretty bizarre. Some of us are just better at hiding it. That's all. And I'm Terrell, and I like this one. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know that. Yeah, that's, you like this one. Yeah, that's that's Thor saying that to Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. In Endgame, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brie Larson, you did a better job of connecting it to today's movie, which is uh, Short Term Twelve, because that stars Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quoted The Breakfast Club. I couldn't think of a movie like Short Term Twelve. Right. The Breakfast Club isn't really there. It's kind of there. It's like short term light, like like extra light. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> it was one of the prequels, short term one through ten. Yeah. <laughs> or through eleven. I don't know how to count. But yeah, it's short term twelve so we're gonna talk about today, but we've got some movie movie news news first. Uh-huh. Cause you know we gotta talk about them trailers. <sighs> those sweet, sweet trailers that we feed off of. <laughs> yeah, we got some good ones. It's a new uh horror movie from the indie studio A twenty four called In Fabric. About a killer dress. Yes, about a killer dress. Of course, it's a red dress. Yes. And, man, I'm, like, so excited about this movie for some reason. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool. It looks cool. It looks so, like, psychedelic and, like... Mysterious. And, like, old school. Mm-hmm. It looks like a trailer from, like, Death Proof. Like, one of those movies. Like a Grindhouse movie. Yeah, like a yeah. Grindhouse. Like, like, like kind being, of B-movie. Yeah, being made. It's like, yeah, this is cool. Like, a, a killer dress. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty much all I got from the trailer is that the dress kills. Um, yeah. It, was a, it wasn't a short trailer, but that's just all the information I got. But it's also all the information I needed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. A24 has um, earned my trust. In, they have a record. With most movies, but definitely with horror movies uh, like Hereditary, The Witch. Uh, what other horror movies did they do? I mean, those two alone are just fantastic yeah. midsummer coming out yeah yeah i mean that that could stink who knows who knows <laughs> they're doing it they really yeah. are yeah i really like also yeah. doing it is um tiffany haddish elizabeth moss and uh melissa mccarthy in the kitchen yeah a dc comic book yeah i, I was surprised to see that yeah that's what this is I remember reading, this was like one of the first projects I remember reading Tiffany Haddish signing on to post her girl's trip breakout. Mm -hmm. So I've been waiting for this for a while because we already got like four Tiffany Haddish movies in the meantime. Yeah. This This doesn't look like a comedy. And I kind of want it to be. You kind of want it to be? I kind of felt the comedy in it. I felt like the like comic book humor to it. Hmm. Maybe comic book humor just isn't up to snuff with my ideal <laughs> of humor. I don't know. Like, it felt like... It looked like Diet Widows. Diet Widows. Right? Like, it looked like he was trying really hard to make a point about... Which is fine, and it's a good point. Women can do anything guys do, including crime. But <laughs> Widows had so much more to say than that. Like, Widows said that, and so much more. Well, Widows was in a comic book, so... Yeah, that was a, <laughs> Brit- a British television like, series. You're right, this is more... Of, you know, world of it. 
Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. It looks fine. It looks fine. Uh, directorial De- debut from the writer of uh, Straight Outta Compton and World Trade Center. <laughs> that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, she wrote that, um, and she wrote Straight Outta Compton, and she wrote and directed this movie. We DC like has, we like writer directors here. DC has really like interesting movies, like really interesting comic books that get turned into movies. Sometimes you don't realize it's DC. It's like anytime it's not a superhero. You're like, oh yeah, that's a comic. Yeah, I like that. Stardust is a DC comic, and that's a movie. That's the one where the spirit animals follow Robert De Niro and Daniel Craig around. Yeah, I never saw that movie, but I wanted to. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer is in it. Yeah, that's um, yeah. and it was good too. That's Joe Wright directed that. Good. Yeah, he d- does like all the period dramas, like with Kira Knightley, mm-hmm. like uh. Uh, yeah. uh, atonement. Yeah, I also like uh, Watchmen is DC, and that's pretty cool. Well, that's superheroes. Yeah, but it's like, but more. Yeah, it has a lot of depth. Yeah, it's like really like different. Yeah, this looks the the kitchen looks different. And yeah. what if it's a franchise? That would be cool. Yeah. Um, I'm for it. I like crime movies, and I like the actors involved yeah elizabeth moss looks great in it she really does i just wanted it to be more comedy focused and i know i'm putting tiffany and melissa in a box because they're funny movies yeah they just do humor so well that i want to see them do it <laughs> okay i'm not saying that they can't uh reach dramatic heights or loads mm-hmm. i don't know I mean, um, he just watched Can We Forgive, uh, right. Forgive Me, so, and she was great in that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that they're... You want to see them be funny. Yeah. You and, just want to see them be funny. The idea of them, like... A, like a comedy, like a cape, more of a caper than a crime uh, comic book movie. Right. I don't know. But that's not what it is, so I'll deal with that. Maybe they'll cut another trailer and it'll be funnier. <laughs> Oh, I don't want them to be like, oh, no, we have to add some jokes. Right. And then, like, every scene just ends with, like, Tiffany Haddish saying something funny, and you can tell she didn't really say it at the time that they were filming. Like, you can tell they tacked it on. Uh-huh. I don't want that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want that either. What I do want... Mm-hmm. What do you want? Is to talk about Short Term 12. Yeah. Short Term 12. This is a movie I've just heard about recently but it's been out for some time they've been currently remarketing it it came out in 2013 but they've been remarketing it since um rami malik's oscar win he has mm-hmm. a pretty small part in this movie yeah but on amazon when you look up the movie now the poster has his face just as big as brie larson's face and yeah. it's both academy award winner brie larson and academy award winner rami malik even though both of them didn't yeah. have those awards yeah. when this movie was made you gotta sell it baby you gotta sell yeah. it. you gotta put that leg out in the corner <laughs> <laughs> this movie is full of actors that have risen to prominence prominence they had promise and they've since risen to prominence mm-hmm. uh since the release of the movie in the <coughs> what six years since we're talking Brie Larson, Rami Malek, Stephanie Beatrice, who you know as Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine. Uh, we got Caitlin Dever, who you can see in theaters now in Booksmart. We got 
Keith or Keith Sanfield. Like I didn't even mention him. He's everyone's favorite. Darius from Atlanta and Breakout. You know, you know. Sorry to bother you and others. Yeah, good stuff. Good cast. And everyone's everyone's acting. They're all bringing their A game before. I'm sorry, I'm not saying much right now. But I'm like dying. <laughs> It's okay. I can list actors that are in different <laughs> movies like forever. Uh, I can just go on. The water tried to kill me. I'm sorry. It's fine. So it's kind. Of, I guess it's kind of movie we haven't really talked about yet. A very grounded, naturalistic, human-focused drama. Mm-hmm. I eat this stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like movies that make me feel a lot, and this movie made me feel a lot. This this feature yeah, made me feel a lot. I think this movie made me feel a lot too. I think I wasn't expecting it to. Um because I I don't know, I wasn't expecting it to get as uh dramatic or as deep as it did. Mm-hmm. And it and it did and it like kept going. Yeah, it uh layers get peeled <laughs> back in every scene. I think it's interesting that it's not really a traditional plot structure where there's a single goal and the protagonist first doesn't want to go on the mission then is urged to go on the mission and then with the friends they get the thing and they Mm -hmm. like you know yeah uh mcguffins or plot devices Mm -hmm. but this is more you're just with the characters and their lives are happening and you're witnessing that it feels like day in a life for you yeah it, it, it i think they do a good job like it's not of, a, uh, it's not a pretty bow, you know. No, it's not, not like at all. They throw you in. Up for you. Um, Rami Malek in the first scene is uh, introduced to characters. He's our audience avatar because he's new to this world. Yeah. His name is also Nate, so yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> he's I have an... the same name as a Rami Malek character. <laughs> he's uh, an outsider among outsiders. Oh, we didn't even say what the movie's about. Short Term 12 is uh, named after the facility, the group home that uh, the movie's set. It's a home for at-risk youth, for temporary residents. And we follow Grace, who's played by Brie Larson. She's the, do we know her title? She's the boss around these parts, yeah, uh, the overseeing the day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, the movie starts, we get Rami Malek as Nate. He's like, hey, I'm new here. <laughs> he meets some of the other staff and um, off to the races. Yeah. Really, just gets thrown in just like we do. Mm-hmm. There's this uh, really elaborate poop story. <laughs> yeah, it starts out with uh, the character Mason telling a story in which he eats a lot of taco meat, I think. Yeah. And then... It, it's uh, pretty much like laxative. Right. In very graphic detail mentions uh, what happens with the taco meat. Yeah, the taco meat was in his pants. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, dripping down his pants. <laughs> so, uh, the character, I think the characters are treated very well in this movie. Uh, right off the bat, we see Mason as this uh, a raconteur, a storyteller. Mm-hmm. He, he uses humor to uh, deal with maybe awkward or uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. Midway through the story, however, a child named Sammy runs out of the facility, mm-hmm. attempting to escape. Yep. Uh, 
Grace and Mason right away run after him, tell him they say, Nate, come on, it's time. And he's like, what? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, he just has to run. He's just into it now. This is um, before then, all the camera angles, like the camera was very still. It was in one place, and that was the perspective that we were seeing. But as soon as they start chasing Sammy, it becomes a handheld camera. It's very shaky. Yeah. You're following him. It puts you, like, in with Nate. Yeah, we're... Fo- I think it's from Nate's point of view, actually, because we, we see Mason and Grace chasing yeah. Sammy, mm-hmm. and it's shaky as if we're running. Mm-hmm. And they get him. They tackle him. They don't tackle him, but... Uh, they hold him down yeah. to the ground to de-escalate. Mm-hmm. Calm him down. And this is where Mason just finishes his story. They're just sitting there on the ground. And the kid's struggling. Yeah, and he's struggling. And he Mason just starts finishing the story. And then Nate looks at him and then looks at Grace like, Are, aren't we going to talk about what's happening right now? You're just going to continue <laughs> your story like this didn't just happen. But we see that Mason... Um, like he asked Sammy, do you remember this story? And um, this is part of him using the humor to de-escalate situations or mm-hmm. to make everyone feel at ease, yep. which is something that the is a trick that the movie uh, uses throughout with its humor. Yeah. Opening credits. Yeah. <laughs> I took a lot of notes for this one. <laughs> the opening credits is a uh, montage because I like a good montage of uh, the different rooms in the facility. So this is where we get several character introductions. We see their little worlds. Mm-hmm. They, they all have small rooms and we see how they decorate their rooms. I mean, it, they look like it's like dorm rooms kind of uh, in the way that it's the same basic setup in each room, but the way they decorate it gives you a sense of their personalities and I, I just really like the the music, the score in this movie. It's uh, it's like all piano mm-hmm. and like plucked strings. Mm-hmm. I described it as delicate, but then we started watching it with the subtitles, and the subtitles were calling it gentle music. Gentle. I music. prefer delicate. my description of delicate, but yeah, this one's nice. It's a little delicate and a little, <laughs> little, little like hopeful. It's like a hopeful feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that opening of, like, the montage. It was, uh, it was well done. Yeah, we're, um, we spend most of the movie inside, uh, the Short Term 12 building, inside the home, in the group home, and, uh, it's cool that the, I like that the credits, they they set the scene. They say yeah. this is where we are. These um, are our characters. These are this is who's here. This is what it looks like. You're you're in this world now. Yeah. And uh, so yes, all that because Nate's new to this world, all the exposition or information that we needed as an audience, we get from characters explaining stuff to Nate. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it's not the thing that happens throughout the movie all the time. It's not annoying. And that kind of thing is done often, and it can be overdone, where it's like they're just explaining stuff to the new character. I'm thinking like uh, Inception. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellen Page is new to their dream heist team. And he has to break down everything for her. And so, like, the whole, most of the movie is Leo and Joseph Gordon-Levitt explaining things to Ellen Page. Mm-hmm. But 
this isn't as overbearing. Okay. Or as complicated. Well, it's kind of complicated. We get the speech. Remember, you're not their parent. You're not their therapist. You're just here to make a safe environment for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, just instructions on, like, don't try to be their friend right away. Uh, And they're going to, like, try to make fun of you or they're going to break rules around you just to see how far they can get with you. So you have to be a little stricter at first before you're their friend. Later in the movie, we get uh, (laughs) some funny moments of Nate uh, trying to figure out how to... How to talk. Yeah, just how to be. Yeah, just how to talk. Yeah. To to these kids because like they have they call it like a a, a meeting their of, community uh, meeting their yeah. community meeting and um he introduces himself and he uses the word underprivileged kids he said i've always wanted to work with underprivileged kids mm-hmm. and with keith characters marcus mm-hmm. marcus instantly jumps on it and it's like what do you mean by that yeah and he can't, he can't figure out what he means by it, but he knows he didn't mean something bad, but words mean things. And that's right. very true. Those words mean mm-hmm. things. So he needs, he needed to figure out how to like communicate better. Yeah. And, uh, there's definitely parts of this movie like that, where it's almost instructional to the audience where, Hey, if you are like Nate, which chances are you are and Mm -hmm. haven't been exposed to this um, type of environment uh, or this population. Mm -hmm. Don't. Yeah, don't. Don't look down on us. Like, like, like learn. Learn, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're human, so are you. Yeah. Let's be human. Yeah. And I think this movie kind of teaches you that and uh, really asserts... uh, that we're all human, and that those are my favorite kinds of movies. <laughs> human movies? Yeah, they're, they're pretty life-affirming. It's like a movie reminded me that I'm a person and that people... I don't know. That sounds so simple. <laughs> it's, it's a little... It's you're it's more... It. Uh, you're heart. feeling it. Yeah, you, it, it, you, gets, it strikes a, a chord. A chord? Yeah. It, it strikes a heartstring. Yes. Okay. You've been strummed. <laughs> Are you saying this movie played me like a fiddle? <laughs> it played you like a harp. <laughs> I don't think it... Okay. It does. And the first time I saw it, I went into it knowing nothing about this movie. And I saw it in the theater. And it... Yeah, it played me like a fiddle. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it worked on me. It got me it crying by the end. Word. And it got me feeling everything. But I don't feel deceived by it. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel unearned. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's yeah. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> During the community meeting, I like this one little bit. First, we're shown just Grace sitting there leading the meeting, and then we see Mason looking at Grace. Then we see Grace a close up on her picking her fingernail. Mm-hmm. Then back to Mason, so we see that he's watching Grace do this. Mm-hmm. Nothing comes of it right then. Right, and and she's doing this thing that is just like a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. It comes into play a lot more later on in the movie. After this, Grace meets the actual boss of the site named Jack, who's mm-hmm. not there with the kids every day. He yeah. oversees it, yeah, sits I, behind a desk. I was watching this, and I was just like, 
everyone's young, even the authority. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. it was kind of weird at first. It was just like, everyone's so young. And then it showed him, and it was like, okay, well, there is someone older there. Yeah, but, but he's, he's not in the field. Right. He's like the principal. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, debriefing um, Grace about about a uh, new resident coming, Jaden, saying I'm friends with I'm friends with her father. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be picking her up for weekends. And then uh, Grace is like, when, so when's she coming? And he's like, well, she might already be here. <laughs> she might already be here. Which, um, that that really shows, up until then, uh, Grace is portrayed with a lot of authority and shown to really know what she's doing around the facility and in her job, very capable uh, person. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, her being told maybe she's already here just shows like, how little information she actually gets outside of the building. Mm -hmm. Like she's there to help them with the day to day and just to just be, to have a safe space. Mm -hmm. Man. And she was doing a lot. She's doing like some backbreaking work in this movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like emotionally heavy work. Oh yeah. With some of these kids dealing with all of them. And, and like, it doesn't, immediately seem to phase her at all or anyone except for nate who is just like reacting to things Mm -hmm. and staying quiet mostly which is good because he learned from his first slip up yeah you get like little little like shots of him like just like to the side realizing what just happened or like reacting or acting like do they just fight like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Grace uh, meets Jaden in her room. They uh, chat a little bit. Jaden's a pretty uh, witty, kind of smart ass, cursing a lot and says, you can't curse. She said, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, forgot about that one. (laughs) Yeah. Shit, I forgot about that one. It's just, yeah, it's just a short, that that scene was a a short introduction. Um, and then Grace leaves. Mm-hmm. And then the shot, the camera just lingers on Jaden sitting there. Most of the shots are very close up on their faces. Mm-hmm. But then when we do zoom out, like in this scene, um, we're seeing like the room, but from the hallway through the door frame, because the doors have to stay open. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. Like they're, they're cut off by the doorway, by the door frame. We're not really... Very rarely do we see their whole bodies. And I yeah, think it, it makes it an... it makes it noticeable when you do because they so rarely show them that when Ah. That's a lot of thought. I really like this movie. Think, I took I a lot think, of yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've like <laughs> peeped on that. I think I was trying to focus on like the main point. Like Yeah. Yeah. Well this was also your first time seeing yeah, it. And my fourth your I think fourth it, oh I think yeah so you can talk time. about this movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> um then grace is at um a clinic mm-hmm. and she's told that she's pregnant right away she asks to make an appointment for abortion she doesn't uh want to hear if the yeah. the nurse uh tell her about her options yeah, and then the nurse asks if she's ever been pregnant before she 
hesitates. Kind of shakes her head no, I think. She fiddles really hard. Yeah. She does that hand thing. Right, yeah. She yeah. picks out her fingers again. Mm-hmm. We get another close-up of those. Mm-hmm. And then she, she says one, one, once. Yeah. So there's a story there. We don't get it, though, until yeah. much later because Grace is not um, someone that opens up easily to others. Yeah. Isn't that, least isn't of that all, interesting, right? Least of all her live-in boyfriend <gasps> gasp because she bikes home and who's in her home cooking it's mason yeah. they live together yeah they're a couple yes they are it's I a surprise it's a surprising it's, reveal yeah he's he's wearing um a chef hat that has like a, a cow print on it it's yeah. very goofy he's i like i like it i like the i like the, the cow print uh what's the hat. yeah what if I cooked in a chef hat? <laughs> like a, if you were like making popcorn in your chef hat. <laughs> Where go for it? <laughs> so yeah, we find out that she lives with Mason. Mm-hmm. Um, in case any of us, most of us probably are like, wait, they're together? We get some very cute moments of the two of them together. Yeah. Um, drawing they're sitting on the couch oh, drawing each other that's such a cute it's so cute idea. <laughs> like yeah like okay let's just like draw each other and talk and it's like kind of intimate it's yeah. just like ways that the movie reveals the movie okay i'm getting a little heady right now <laughs> the movie is kind of like grace in the way that it's with it doesn't immediately present information about what's inside of it or what's going on mm-hmm. um gives little hints you have to observe and then in moments it'll open up only in moments though mm-hmm. so this movie the way that it tells us that they're a loving couple is it just shows us this one moment instead of um I don't know, i'm trying to think of how a lesser movie would establish this fact or it would be them making out right like after work uh He's like, oh, I'm so finally we're out of there so we can now make out or something, (laughs) right? I suppose. I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I get what you're saying. Like, (laughs) You feel like it took that idea and it just elevated it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite parts of movies where the thing that the movie's about is also part of how the movie works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the drawing each other is very cute because she's pretty good at drawing. First, she reveals his drawing of Mason, her drawing of Mason, is pretty good. But also, there's like a blotch on his beard, and he's like, "What's that?" <laughs> oh yeah. And she says, "That's the piece of avocado that's on your beard." And then he looks down and he sees that the whole time he had a piece. Yeah, I like peeped it, and I was just like, "Oh, it wasn't there the whole time." <laughs> right. Like I didn't notice it. I no, me. It was. It's kind of small, but yeah. Like she noticed the small she details. She made it bigger. But also, she didn't tell him that. He, like this was her way of telling him that he had something on his face. It was by just showing him the picture of him as he is in that moment. This is what you are instead of her trying to not include the avocado in the drawing, which would be not including the whole truth mm-hmm. in the representation, or um, if she told him about it before. I mean, that would have been fine, but then we wouldn't have had that cute and funny moment. Yeah. And also, <laughs> his picture of her just looks like if I tried drawing a person. Yeah. 
the flowers were pretty though. Like you yeah. put more detail into the flowers. True, there's flowers like, coming out of her hair that represents her like ideas. It was all the ideas and all the beautiful things that are going on inside her head. Yeah. Um because she's the weirdest the most, beautiful most beautiful person that he's ever, he's met. ever met. Yeah. Yeah, such so romantic. Yeah. Um that's a very sweet thing to say. She uh, reacts appropriately by, you know, giving him that kiss <laughs> that we didn't get earlier. All right. Now we get the kiss. Now we get the kiss, followed by his comment that it's a very passionate kiss, one that he hasn't gotten in a while. In nine days. And you just see on her face, and you can feel it because you have the information. You know what's in her head, even though she won't tell him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, is it something that I did? Because he doesn't have the information, so he personalizes it and thinks it's his fault that he hasn't had sex with his girlfriend in nine days. Which is that even that long? Right. <laughs> I guess if you live together, I don't know. I've never I, lived I guess with if a partner. They were having sex regularly before that, and then you just go nine days without it. You're just like, whoa, what happened? Yeah. You notice it. Yeah. So maybe things were better before. Yeah. These are the parts of movies movie. that I like to really deeply analyze <laughs> the sex lives of characters but she um she then just goes to kiss him again and she doesn't really want to even ha- have to avoid having the conversation pretty much mm-hmm. and then it gets even more heated and she like takes his hand and they it seems they begin to you know do the thing and the, the dry streak mm-hmm. if not if you can call nine days a dry streak yeah and the whole time that that this is happening yeah. he's checking in on her he's asking her questions like you know is it like is are you it sure okay? you want to be doing yeah, this like, yeah are yeah. you sure like do you, do you want me to stop right and, and then but you she see keeps this going shot, forward and you get another shot of her fingers this time she's not picking at them they're on his shoulder mm-hmm. but kind of not like i feel like they're she has them like a quarter of an inch hovering above his shoulder almost and mm-hmm. she's kind of fidgeting there's a lot of shots where it's just her hands mm-hmm. free larson does some great hand acting <laughs> in this movie um so that happens and then all of a sudden she just says stop stop in a moment just pushes him off her and slaps him yeah whacks him right in the face yeah um like this like her reaction is just so like quick like no i don't want this anymore stop right then uh it's time for a wiffle ball yeah recess right yeah they end up playing wiffle ball because that's what Luis wants to play. And then we see there's some tension between Luis and Marcus. Marcus doesn't want to play wiffle ball. Yeah, he's not very good at it. Yeah, and Luis gives him a hard time about that. Yes. In this wiffle ball scene, there's a lot of things happening. Mm-hmm. And we only get like a peek at some of the different things. interactions. Because yeah. when you have everyone in the group home outside doing one activity, they're not all going to actually be focused on the same thing. For example, when two girls playing with a jump rope asking Nate, do you want to jump rope with us? And yeah. first he's like kind of excited that they want to jump rope with him because mm-hmm. he probably thinks everyone hates him. Right. But then he has to say, um, no, <laughs> like, no. like very mean. Like, no. <laughs> well, I don't mean, even, but like questioning I don't even know what well. Stephanie Beatrice's, uh, character's name was because she doesn't have much to do. Mm. Uh, but Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine's like, 
that's not what we meant. <laughs> yeah, that's not what we meant. Like, you could have. <laughs> Maybe. Um, we get Mason sitting down with uh, Jaden, who's not joining the rest of the kids. She said in the scene earlier when she's uh, introducing herself to the group uh, that she apologizes if she comes off as cold. She's only going to be here for a little bit and doesn't see the value in short-term connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's not taking part in the game. She's just sitting, listening to her iPod. Mm-hmm. Mason asks if he can listen to with her. <laughs> and then later we see through uh, Grace's perspective, she just like glances over at them, and we see that Mason's like air drumming along. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying so hard. Yeah, and Jaden's not really reacting, but you can tell she's trying not to react. Mm-hmm. Because she has this front, she's, uh, you know, she wears all black, she's got yeah. thick mascara, she's emotional. Yeah, and, and Grace, Grace, and what's her name? Jaden. Jaden. Um, Grace and Jaden share this moment. Jaden, mo- there's a Will Smith shout out in the movie, actually. There when is. they first meet, <laughs> Grace says, I love that name, Jaden. Jaden says, that's a boy's name. Grace says, really? I don't think it is i didn't think it was and then jaden says will will smith thinks so yeah because <laughs> he named his son jaden <laughs> they had this moment i think she noticed that grace was like into him and then she looked back at him and like gave him like this kind of like up and down look and was like oh <laughs> he just kind of like this uh look oh she yeah she <laughs> saw grace like, okay. enjoying his dumb air drumming yeah and then yeah because then later she okay yeah, she's intuitive. Yeah. Um, that that made me laugh really loud. Yeah. Like, moments like that. And then while all these little things are happening, uh, Marcus is up to bat, and Luis is uh, the pitcher on the opposing team. He's telling everyone in the outfield to move in. He's not going to hit it that far. Mm-hmm. Marcus says, keep flapping those gums. Yeah. He's uh, chomping it, man. Calls the first throw a, a, strike. a strike, even though it was a foul, perhaps. Then he uh, Marcus snaps and starts hitting uh, – Luis with the wiffle ball bat. Yeah, because he keeps flapping his gums. Yeah, he he didn't chill. Yeah, but and, right before this, yeah, uh, Grace found drugs in his bed. Right when they all go out to wiffle ball, we get a montage of Grace. Uh, she's listening to music. She's got headphones on, wearing rubber gloves, going through everyone's rooms, yeah. looking for any um Weapon. contraband weapons. Yeah. yeah, and she finds a joint. Yeah, 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 and a lighter and a plastic bag. And now he's hit someone. So now he's got two offenses. Yeah, they separate um, Marcus and Luis. Grace talks to Marcus and says, I, what's going on? I found the stuff in your room. You're turning 18 soon. Mm-hmm. And when you're when they turn 18, they don't they can't stay yeah. there anymore. Uh, she's like, you got to what? That's two. That's two offenses. If you were out there, you'd be thrown in jail. And Marcus is like, I don't fucking care. I'm not scared of anything. Yeah. Um, and Grace, this is when we get, I think, maybe the first moment in the movie of Grace opening up. Mm-hmm. And most of these moments, I think the only time we have these moments, actually, when Grace opens up, it's to the children. Mm-hmm. In these one-on-one conversations, Grace will say something about herself and her background mm-hmm. to relate to the kids. And she mentions that her father's been in jail for 10 years and she wouldn't wish it upon him, mm-hmm. upon Marcus. Mm-hmm. Nate and um, 
Rosa from Brooklyn Nine Nine. I don't know that. Her kid. name is Jessica. All right, movie. Nate and Jessica. Just sounds like I'm talking about myself and someone named Jessica are <laughs> with Luis and uh, holding him back. And Jessica says, "How are you doing?" And Nate says, "Not, not very good." Is this something that happens here all the time? Breaks, fights just start happening. <laughs> and Jessica's like, "I wasn't talking to you." <laughs> Because obviously, her priority and concern is Louise, yeah. who was just hit. But Nate's kind of clueless. Yeah. So then, uh, wiffle ball's over. Yeah. Everyone's going inside. Mm-hmm. Grace asks Mason to check on um, Marcus because even though she did open up to him, mm-hmm. she can tell he needs some more. Yeah, he needs more loving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the way that Mason connects to. Marcus is very different from how Grace attempted to connect, whereas Grace said, opened up about herself. Uh, Mason connected with him about his hobby, which is uh, music. He writes yeah. and raps, and mm-hmm. uh, Mason's like, hey, you got any new lyrics you want to share me? Share with me? And then we get this scene with um, Keith Stanfield rapping mm-hmm. as Marcus. Mm-hmm. He, I remember reading that he wrote like part I think maybe like they told him what the content of the rap was maybe like the backstory your character your character um has a mother that made him sell drugs even if he didn't want to mm-hmm. and he's obviously very troubled mm-hmm. um but then Keith Stanfield wrote the actual rap and then performed it in the movie mm-hmm. And like it starts off, it doesn't just start off with uh, him just saying okay and then going right into the rap. It cuts to the shot, the camera's showing the two of them sitting on Marcus's bed. Mm-hmm. Marcus is playing like drumming a beat, he's got like a congo mm-hmm. or a, yeah. yeah, he's got a hand drum. He does a beat, he's showing Mason and then hands the drum over to Mason and says, Here, like that, so that Mason can do it and he can rap over it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the fact that the way that this is he opens up through the lyrics in his songs mm-hmm. so sorry that i'm talking so much <laughs> i just realized i was i have i yeah okay you have a lot of thought okay. you have a it's lot a of podcast thought. i'm gonna be talking um uh, what i was gonna say is i like that his way of opening up is doing this music but also that involves mason playing along kind of by him doing the beat that's his way of creating the space for marcus to share Mm-hmm. It's not just him sitting down saying, Marcus, tell me everything. Right. It's He lets him open up his way. Yeah. And boy, does he open up. Oh, it is It is rough. Yeah, it's grueling. The rap is and so good. And dark, and dark and just fucked up, really. He says fuck like, a lot. He has like, lived a really uh, fucked up life. Um, a, a life that, um, you know, he deserves better. We all deserve better. Yeah, know? the um, the not last... to be treated like that, not to be like used like that, the way he's used. Mm-hmm. You know, the last few lines of the rap, uh, this repetition where it's uh, look into my eyes so you know what it's like to live a life not knowing what a normal life's like. Yeah. Um, of course, the camera's lingering on Marcus's eyes because I I it's like an invitation to look into his eyes. I like the sh- the shot. The way this shot because they're both in frame, but only Marcus mm-hmm. is in focus. Right, it's a lot of like in focus out of, out 
to focus yeah. shots in this movie that are done like really well what they want you to like pay attention to but no it's still there yeah and at this point i like mason kind of stops drumming because he's impacted by uh the lyrics yeah he has kind of thrown off by how probably by how marcus is opening up to him through this because yeah marcus is pretty quiet and he has no idea what to do with this information He's, because what he says, you, I don't know what yeah, to say. Like, what do you do? What do you say? Like, you can't, like, try and cheer him up right away. Like, you just, like, need to, like, breathe on that a little mm-hmm. because it's really heavy. And, like, uh, like Grace said, Mason's not there to be his therapist or his parent mm-hmm. just to create the space. And I think he did that. And that's kind of where the scene ends. It's not that was, you know, it's not that was great. Uh, you've got a record deal. I don't. Know. <laughs> Why would that be it? That was... But then they shave his head. Yes, he wants for his birthday to have his head shaved. Yeah. Um. So and he gets he, Grace to shave his he, head. He gets Brie Larson to do it. Well, Grace says you can shave your head as, as long as I hold the razor. Yeah, like she has to do it. And I, I kind of relate to uh, Marcus's uh, desire for his head to be shaved. I've had that where I'm like kind of in a funk, and then I think maybe a haircut could save me or all make me time, feel better. right. Man. I cut, I grow and cut my hair all the time. Man. I, I mean, love, that's that's something that happens just, as humans, but yeah, just like the emotion, just like the change and the right? lightness you feel after you cut it off. Honestly, you just yeah. yeah, literally, yeah, like you're carrying around less weight energy. after a haircut. Yeah, but also, a haircut's not going to solve things. And I think Marcus feels that a little bit after it's gone. Mm -hmm. That he still kind of feels the same. Mm -hmm. The same, but different. Finally, uh... We get back to the house. Yeah, finally Grace decides to tell Mason that she's pregnant. And they're lying in bed face to face, and she says, I've been meaning to tell you we're having a baby. And he, he thinks she's kidding. Mm. He starts, like, nervously laughing almost. The way that this is shot, it's so, like, intimate and close mm-hmm. and tight. And it lingers. And Brie Larson is taking her time because she's knowing the weight of the situation. Yeah, and she's so nervous and she doesn't know what she's his reaction is going to be. so well. And she says it so, like, delicately. hmm Yeah, and he first reacts thinking it's a joke and asks if she's serious and she says yes then he jumps up from the bed yeah he starts like, like shaking his yeah, hands like whoo like you know like Usa. <laughs> you know what i mean and then he like goes into the other room yeah he says like he says i need a, i need a moment yeah, i need a moment he leaves the room what i like is the camera stays on grace mm-hmm. it's the thing actually it's the thing again where the camera's outside the the room that that grace is in so we're not seeing her from the room that she's in mm-hmm. but we see through the doorway mm-hmm. there's a separation with the cat even though we're up close at times in mm-hmm. other moments they keep us at a distance um but instead of following the action you would think would be uh mason's reaction to hearing that he's we just hear him off that camera. they're having a baby we just hear him off camera saying like oh boy yeah oh wow. boy damn and you know? grace is just sitting up not really moving yeah but 
by showing us that the movies kind of say the the real action, the real drama is her reaction. This moment, and you can imagine it probably feels like an eternity. Like, what is he going to come back and say? What is he thinking? Yeah. And then he does come back, and he's so supportive. Yeah, he's reassuring. He's so great. And he's just like, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, we're going to be great parents. We're going to be great parents. And based on the way that we've seen them interact with children up until then, we as a viewer, I think, like, agree with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then back to short term 12. So what was happening was um, Jaden was going to leave or was she just bored and right. she went out? No, she was supposed she, to leave yeah, the she's weekend. Supposed to get, okay. Yeah. She's supposed to get picked up. By her dad. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just, um, she got her, her headphones and she mm-hmm. walked out to the like main lobby where everybody was because she was just secluding herself. Yeah. You know, um, and Grace did give her a gift. Yeah. Gave to, her a, she made a button mm-hmm. with her. Which was sweet. With a J on it for Jaden. Just making it, just making a thing of something, even if it's small. Yeah. Okay, I promise I won't spend two minutes saying this one thing. Okay. But in this scene, something I like, something small in the background, okay. while Jaden's waiting uh, for her dad to come, she's in the main room, we see, uh, I think the character's name was Chantal, mm-hmm. uh, l- l- getting picked up to leave. And mm-hmm. the door opens, and the door outside a short-term 12 facility it's just bright this bright white light that anyone that steps outside the door you can't see them anymore you just see this bright white i really liked yeah i really like the filmmaking here when the lighting and the it's the movie is super grounded and it's like when i say it's naturalistic i mean like no i know i'm talking I'm cutting myself off. I'll get back to the big picture stuff, but I liked liked that moment. (laughs) It's a really good moment. Um, And um, she runs away because, like, she realized that she's not leaving. We're not there yet. We're not there yet? Okay. I'm jumping ahead. What's next? We get, well, uh, Jaden kind of has a breakdown in the facility. She runs back to her room and shuts the door. She's not allowed to shut the door because she's a cutter. As Mason explains to Nate, right outside the door, to which she shouts, I can fucking hear you. Mm. (laughs) No one can close the door, actually. It's an open door policy. Right. For everyone. Um, So they they need to get the door open. And uh, when they finally do, Jaden shoves a cupcake in Grace's face. Yeah. And is cursing and spitting, yeah. calling Grace a bitch, calling Mason a fat ass. Yeah, she spit on, uh, on Nate. We see Nate. Nate's yeah. helping, holding her down he's because he's he's now. learned a little bit. Yeah, he saw a couple de-escalations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she had yeah. really like volatile. Also, Grace noticed Jaden picking her finger. Right. Um. And that's that connection. Yeah, and then and then she shows Jaden her own cuts, mm-hmm. her scars from when. She, and this is another one of those moments where we learn a little bit about Grace that yeah, she she gets in the room. Uh, has a history of cutting as well. Mm-hmm. And they go to this room that has um, one of the Bobo dolls, like a. Bobo. I don't know if it's called. Well, there's like this old experiment, the Bobo experiment, where they like studied kids interacting with the. It's like the. 
plastic blow up thing where you punch it and right. it knocks back off in this movie it's a dog but uh, i think the classic it's a clown named bobo okay yeah um interesting really cathartic scene though because they're just staring at it like it's yeah. a room where they send people after they have these types of episodes uh to release any uh adrenaline and energy and anger and feelings yeah Yeah. and take it out on this instead of people or yourself um they're just staring at it and says i hate this thing Mm -hmm. and like punches it but it comes back up because of course it does and then grace says me too so then she runs over and like picks it up and starts bashing it against the ground and then we get the scene of him like beating the shit out of it not in the way that you're supposed to Mm -hmm. but it's all seen through a little crack in the door a little glass yeah. uh window pane yeah outside the room yeah once again yeah those outside the room shots you're really appreciating these out the room shots when you get to see a movie for the fourth time you think of and you yeah there's you it, you i'm afforded space to think about the different aspects of it um beyond just what's happening in the story All right but also just how it's happening and how we're experiencing it. And then we find out that while all this was happening, Jaden ran away. Yeah, she was gone. Um, and Grace just goes out for her, like doesn't hesitate. She mm-hmm. just run after her. And um, she catches up to her. Yeah. And they stop, but she makes her stop like far, far away. So yeah. she can't like, she don't want her near her to like touch her or anything, but she can't touch her. Yeah, she, she Grace reminds Grace you're her. not allowed to touch her. Yeah, like the Outside rules don't the apply building. anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, she's free will right now, but you need like it's their job to lure them back. So, so Grace says, "I won't touch you. Can yeah. I just walk with Can you? Can I walk with you? They end up at her father's house. Yeah, they just walk. Yeah, she's committed. They end up at Jane's father's house. Jaden takes a key from under the rug mm-hmm. to let herself in, and um. Grace passed a call. Then we get back at the facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grace is asking Jaden, are you going to be all right? Jaden says, yes. And then it says, can I share a story with you? And it's a children's story about an octopus and a shark. Mm-hmm. And the shark wants to be the octopus's friend. But the shark's idea of friendship is, let me eat one of your arms. Mm-hmm. And it comes back every night and eats more. Yeah. of the octopus's arms until eventually it just eats the whole octopus yeah. and the That's octopus let the shark do it because they used to go on adventures during the day mm-hmm. and then the octopus thought it was an okay sacrifice for all the fun during the day that at night octopus feeds the shark itself yeah. and grace reads into this as um <clears throat> The revelation that Jane's abused by her father. And she asks, have you been abused by your father? And Jane doesn't answer. She just Mm. starts crying. Mm -hmm. But Grace goes to Jack and says, Jaden's been abused by her father. Yeah. Right away. She knows she can feel it because she can relate. Mm -hmm. And she can see the signs. Yeah. Unfortunately, Jack says, because... Jaden hasn't actually told anyone. You can't interpret a children's story and mm-hmm. have that as proof mm-hmm. um, that there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Because they sent her home. 
then with they send father. her home to her father. And Grace yeah, is like, well, you learned. can't do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she, like, spazzes out. Well, yeah. She, like, flips out completely. And Jack is like, well, she didn't. The therapist asked her, and she said no. Yeah. And then Grace is like, well, of course she said no, because in her mind, he's always there, yeah. right behind her. Mm-hmm. When she's alone, when she's talking to a therapist, he's there. And yeah. then. Also, maybe you find out that she knows this because this is how yeah, she, revealing a bit about herself yeah. and how she feels like her dad is always like over her, her shoulder, um, and he is just like you know approaching the situation from like a real like practical and logical, not an emotional one because he didn't make that connection to her, and so he's just like going by the rules, but it doesn't. It's not good enough for for Grace and. You know, it shouldn't be, but yeah. You know, Grace even says, "What the fuck did they teach you in graduate school?" Yeah, like those are her like her first words. Yeah, like, she's like, "I'm on the ground with these kids every day. Yeah. I know what's happening." Yeah, it's and then tough. she does my favorite because thing. she's powerless. Yeah, she does my favorite thing. <laughs> like in like there's a bit of like rage, like this fit that she's throwing. She just snatches his lamp that she introduced to her earlier in the movie mm-hmm. about like. You, could, you, you touch, just touch it, it and it turns on. Yeah, so he was, like, excited about this lamp. <laughs> she takes the lamp, marches through the building, mm-hmm. out, goes outside, and just smashes it. It's so, like, fulfilling. Like, Yeah, she's powerless, except, you know, she can always steal Jack's lamp yeah. and destroy it. To, yeah. I mean. Jetta outbursts. Yeah. Jetta outbursts. Just like the kids. Maybe she's more like the kids than she likes to think. Yeah. But it was so it was so satisfying. Yeah, and this is a long day because then um, they're at uh, Mason's parents' house, celebrating their his parents his foster parents' thirtieth anniversary. Mm-hmm. The whole time, so, someone gave their baby to Grace because Grace is just holding a baby, watching yeah. this speech. Yeah, she looks so like mommy, so maternal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like oh, you see the picture. Yeah, it's painting it for you right there, and you know what's on his mind when he's thinking about he's thinking about family now. You yep. know what I mean? becoming a family man in this moment it's even more impactful you know he starts to make the speech a little bit more and more about him Mm -hmm. but also about them about about the parents yeah it's a it's a really like juicy moment i was just thinking about this movie just like it has like some really like juicy moments for the actors to like eat you know what i mean I think like so. and it's very yeah. shareful. It's not like just one. It's not like Brie Larson just killing it. It's like no, Lakeith is also in there. Everyone like, gets do, doing yeah. it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Everyone except for Stephanie Beatrice, who's yeah underused. But who yeah, knew she, her yeah. talent? I mean, people knew. I think she was like pretty big on in theater in the theater world. Yeah, but this movie came out the same year. Yeah, it was, it was a little chill on her. Every time she talks. I mentioned this to you during the movie, actually, but I want the listeners to hear me say it. It's just jarring because she doesn't use the Rosa voice. She yeah. uses what I'm pretty sure is just her normal voice. It's much higher pitch, and mm-hmm. it just still sounds weird to me. It sounds like she's doing a voice. Yeah, the first time I heard her Because she's I heard so her good speak, as Rosa. I was just like, whoa. Yeah. That's... That's so weird. She sounds like a theater kid. She talks like a, like a, like a theater kid. Yeah, like I she mean, theater. she is, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so after the speech they're dancing everyone's dancing um it's kind of slow dancing and i love 
another one of these moments where you see a character seeing something is we see Mason's foster father, his Mason's father, Mm -hmm. uh, watching him dance with Grace. Mm -hmm. And then he looks at them and then looks at his wife and they just smile Mm -hmm. like, oh, look at these two lovebirds. And then we we get a close up on uh, Mason and Grace and Mason whispers in Grace's ear, will you marry me? Yeah. Kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I really like that proposal, though. It's Just the, the low-key, we're slow so, dancing and I whisper in your ear. Cause it's because it's such a big thing. It's such a big moment, but it's so small and intimate. And it's, it's just, just between them. Between them, right? It's not like right? he's getting on his they're knee at, and having the music yeah, stop. And... They're at a party. Yeah. You could make a, a scene right now. Her reaction could make a scene, but they keep it to themselves. They keep I, it very yeah. tight. Yeah. But then we get this. She says, are you serious? She doesn't even say yes. She asks, are you serious? He says yes. Mm-hmm. And then she kisses him and they dance a little closer to each other. Mm-hmm. And then we get one of these shots where we see their full bodies in there. It's a, uh, you know, the camera's pretty far away now. You see everyone dancing. Mm-hmm. But uh, Grace and Mason are just holding each other so tight as if they're one being. They're not alone. Mm-hmm. They're together. Right. I want to be in that family. Yeah. In their family. <laughs> and the next morning, there's a phone call. Yeah. That wakes him up. Who's calling? Who's calling the landline phone? Who could that be? Mason picks it up, and um, it's the, the parole officer. The parole right? officer. They're asking uh, for Grace. Mason says, "You better just tell me, and I'll relay the yeah, news." Yeah, he calls himself. Uh, his uh, he her, stumbles. Her He's like, she's my um fiance. fiance. Yeah, right away. Yeah, get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Commit. Go for it. Yeah. Um. So the news is that her father's being released early on mm-hmm. parole, mm-hmm. and he'll be out in he, a month, right? Yeah. Which he then tells Grace, and yeah, she um is doing her finger picking again and she makes herself bleed she makes time. herself bleed because she touches her face and then we see some blood down yeah. her face mm-hmm. um and and yeah and, it must be horrifying yeah and we we see her reacting to this and we know what's going on but mason doesn't and he tries to like like con- console her we still don't and we're, she, we're like, still not told forthright that uh her father abused her no, but you know that there's bad blood there. You know that her right. mom died and she lived with her dad. Right. And it's not good. He's in jail. But Mason knows that much also, I think. Yeah. But yeah, he asks her if she wants to talk about it, but she just goes right into the shower to cry. Yeah. And not be one person with him mm-hmm. to just separate mm-hmm. and just keep to herself. And you see him react to it like it might be like he's kind of blaming himself, like it's his fault, but it's it's not because yeah, I mean, it's this her. Is, this is his job. Her, his job is he her. tries to make a safe space for people. So, and he sees how good Grace is at, at that every day with the kids, mm-hmm. and so he's trying so hard to create a safe space for Grace. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's anything that he could do to make her want to open up to him or open up in general but yeah he takes it for himself because he doesn't know yeah and marcus's fish dies 
one of the things we saw in the opening credits when we saw each room was that Marcus. I think he was just listening to music and feeding his fish. Yeah, right? I think it's like a either it's a beta or it's mm-hmm. an angel. Yeah, I think it was like a beta fish. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was the thing he mm-hmm. was taking care of that he right. was pouring some love and, and attention into. Yeah. And uh, someone knocked it over and killed his fish. And, yeah, broke um, the fishbowl. Yeah, and um, and Grace made sure to find out that it wasn't Louise, that he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Because he knew, she knew, like, how he might react, what might happen if right. it was him. Yeah. Um, but it didn't matter to him. He says it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And then just asks, asks to be left alone. Yep. So she leaves him alone. Yeah. And um pretty haunting scene because she then finds him what well, he's blasting music. She hears the music, yeah, goes in, music he's playing. not he's not in the room. Mm-hmm. Then he she just sees legs mm-hmm. sticking out from Luis's door mm-hmm. and she thinks he hurt Luis. I thought, because he reveals he's sitting there against the door and he reveals a bloody shard of glass from a fishbowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and Luis is just like hunched on, on his bed. Mm-hmm. I was very concerned. Yeah. She runs for a second because she runs to Luis and like wakes him up. Yeah. He's like, wait, what happened? When I first saw it, I thought, oh, he did something to himself. And then I realized that he was in Luis's room. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, oh no, did he like yeah, stab right? him? And then she wakes him up and he's fine. And then it reveals that he just hurt so himself yes yeah, so then she looks back at yeah him. he hurt himself Ooh, and uh she she acts so quickly asking yeah. Luis, give me your pillowcase yeah, and she tied the it tourniquet up. yeah um, um stop the blood yeah and she's just waiting for for help she's waiting for help and that's the last we see of it and it just seemed like it's going on forever like oh no like he's gonna bleed out because mm. it just lingers in the hallway it's mm-hmm. just a shot of the hallway. Yeah. And you hear her yelling out. And then later we see Nate cleaning blood off the door. Yeah. Kind of stopping for a moment and looking and then continuing. And I really like that. Like at this point, it's just Nate. He's just doing the work. He's just doing the work. He's, we need uh, people to just do the hard work, the scrubbing blood off of doors to yeah. make, keep people safe and clean and yeah yeah like he has like his just like his quick moments like that really like very quippy shots of him yeah then um mason mm-hmm. what she won't open up to him yeah and then she says i can't do this he yeah he's like please just i've been tri- what oh i wrote it down he says i've waited three years for you to open up i've been waiting mm-hmm. and like he, he kind of feels entitled to her truth and he says, I've been waiting for you to tell me why you don't trust me. Yeah. But she is just silent. And then she's like, I can't do this. Yeah. And he says, what? She's like, I can't marry you yeah. and have the or have the baby. Yeah, I can't do any of this. Like, I can't. <sighs> life. And he is shook. Yeah. And she is campaigning for a future Oscar that she then wins for Room. <laughs> Because oh, she, um, she's reminding me how good she is. Yeah, she's already made the 
appointment for the abortion. Right, and she tells him, I already, yeah. he said, so what, are you going to get an abortion? She says, I, I already I have the appointment. appointment. It's just like, Oof. bow, just punch to the gut. Amazing. It's just like, do what you want. And he just leaves her there. I think that moment, like, so hits her because she, yeah. like, she's chasing him away. She's throwing yeah, she him drives away. him away. Yeah, she's driving him away. And then she gets one of her cathartic bike rides. This is one of the moments where we see her whole body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, the shot is very freeing. A lot of the, um, well, we see her just zooming down on the bike, uh, just a sense of freedom uh, as she can go anywhere or just this release. Mm-hmm. On Franklin, that's his name. That's his name. Uh, yeah. On Franklin. I think or- so. Floyd. Floyd. She named Floyd. the bike. You know, Floyd. I wrote down her bike's name. Floyd. Yeah, she named her bike Floyd. <laughs> yeah. She bikes to Jaden's house. Mm-hmm. She knows where the key is under the rug, under the mat. So she lets herself in, finds a baseball bat. Yeah. Oh, walks God. over to mate to Jaden's father's bedroom. He's in the bed asleep. She's standing over him with the baseball bat. It got real scary. It got real. What's going to happen? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Like, am I about to witness a murder? Mm-hmm. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. What if? What if? Um. <laughs> up until then, it was like this one kind of movie, and then I was like, "Hey, surprise! This is exactly like all the other movies we watch. <laughs> it's it's a revenge." <laughs> like it could have gone there, but I mean, we already had some blood. Like, and um, I was just like, "Oh, she's gonna like beat this man in his sleep." She does. She's she breaks it. She does. It's breaking and entering. Um, yeah, like if he wakes up, then she's gonna have to hit him, right? She's gonna freak out and hit him. But instead, Jaden finds her and just like, um, that's a bit of sh- extreme. Yeah, right. right? Like, that's her reaction. Like, <laughs> this is extreme. I'm going to go downstairs. <laughs> and so Grace just follows her downstairs. Downstairs. Yeah, and this is where they have another heart to heart. And Grace gives a good, when I was your age speech, saying, when I was your age, I was in a court telling everyone detailing exactly what my dad did to me mm-hmm. how he abused me uh what he hit me with yeah how he drank how i showered with him mm-hmm. and how he even got me pregnant yeah so you completely that's everything that's to... everything mason wanted to hear yeah but she tells Jaden. yeah because um, she can relate more and uh, she knows and yeah. she doesn't feel ashamed talking about it with her and it's kind of her explaining this is what brought me to break into your house and stand over your father with a baseball bat Mm -hmm. um and it kind of works because Jaden uh shows her the bruises saying my father uses a belt and so cliche yeah um and then she's like we have to do something yeah we have to do something and then she repeats what she exactly what she was doing yeah Jaden's like what do we have to do about it stand over my father with a baseball bat <laughs> like while and, and it, it's funny because like hearing it out she can hear it out loud mm-hmm. and go oh that was a terrible yeah idea. you you can see her processing in her and but then eyes. also like yeah <laughs> right <laughs> like yeah we because impulse but, is definitely yeah. still there but she just by talking to someone else about it 
in what's happening. She can process that. Maybe it's not a good decision. Yeah. Uh, Jaden takes the bat and hits her father's car. Said he'll sleep through anything. Yeah, asks Grace to join in, and Grace is hesitant, but then <laughs> grabs the bat, climbs on top he of the climbed, car. Oh, yeah, the drama. Ooh. Gets, repeatedly hits the windshield. And yeah, until she smashes mm-hmm. a hole into the windshield. Yeah. yeah. And that's really hard glass to break. So she like was just really just like letting all of it out. Some movies would end that way. Oh, right there with the release? Would I they? mean, no, no, no. They would wrap things up, but that would be the ending. You know what I mean? Like, like. Okay. Well, we, the, they do kind of wrap things up shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. We get, um, she comes home to Mason and apologizes and they cuddle together. Yeah. He's like, get in here. He's lying on the couch wrapped up in a blanket. Mm -hmm. And after she apologizes, he just kind of like opens up the blanket, doesn't even say anything, just opens the blanket, kind of inviting her in the couch with him. Mm -hmm. She crawls into the couch and then he wraps it back around both of them Mm -hmm. and they're together again. Yeah, they're together again. I love it. Yeah, it's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> then we see Grace in therapy, mm-hmm. talking to a therapist, and we learn that it's their fourth session together, and her father's being released in a week, and the therapist is trying to get Grace to open up about it. She's saying, do you want to talk about that? And she doesn't want to really, but then she says yes. And it's you know nice that she's doing the work for herself that um, she wants the residents to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does for them we get another another mason story uh circling back to the opening oh wait did you talk about the heartbeat oh yeah we get ultrasound yeah and we see their son's heartbeat yeah yeah that maybe looked a little too developed to just be a few weeks i think it was more than a few weeks at that point it was much later it was, time had passed because she had had four sessions of therapy by then. Oh, right. And Marcus had been released. Yeah. Oh, Mark, uh, on that couch, we find out that Marcus is better. I'm glad she started going to therapy. Therapy is like clutch. Yeah, and a lot of movies, like therapies isn't um, portrayed well in the media. It's in comedies as like a just an invitation for humor mm-hmm. or it's in movies where it's like therapy's not working yeah. and then I'm gonna take stuff into my own hands um well, it's not working yet in this one either she hasn't said it's not, anything it's not a silver bullet but it's the work it, yeah, it's not it's working work. but it's the work that it's you do work, you talk yeah. about it mm-hmm. um, she's not there yet but she's gonna, she's gonna get there yeah like um, like the Bobo clown, you get punched down, but you come back you up. Come back up. So yeah, story time. We get back into story time. So like, I started to peep right away. I'm just like, oh, this movie's gonna end like it right. started. Yeah, exactly. It's just gonna run it back. It does the montage again of just the kids mm-hmm. in in the house, and then we get that uh, three together. Well, actually, the four together, mm-hmm. and Mason's telling the story. Yeah, about so, Liza Green, the she was such a beautiful girl. Yeah, and it was Marcus. her last. Yeah, it was her last week, and, and this new quiet kid is. Uh, it's his first week. 
-hmm. And during the community meeting, he hadn't said anything all week, but then all of a sudden he says, you're the most interesting thing about this place. And Mm -hmm. I'm sad that we won't get to uh, know each other before you leave. And then it's revealed that that kid was Marcus. Yeah, it was Marcus. And Nate's so impressed. Yeah. He's like, what? Yeah. Because later on, we find out that they were going on dates after that. Marcus right. And, and because that morning, apparently, Grace and Mason ran into Marcus at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. He's in there sipping cappuccinos. And then there is this moment also where Nate's like, Marcus drinks cappuccinos? Yeah. And I love that because Grace says he does now Mm -hmm. because you have this idea of what people are. Yeah. And I don't think cappuccino drinker fits into what we've had seen of Marcus. Yeah. But he was a completely different person. uh, He was talking about his future and stuff like that. Like he's got a job at the aquarium. He's excited about the tips he's making. Apparently it's the most he's talked Mm -hmm. ever. Um, A woman like he's excited. uh, interesting i don't know that the woman changed him or, or it made him more confident or yeah. just like love made him more confident yeah like or finding someone he's yeah or, or it's made him more active or it's not necessarily related to Her woman and, and he's just doing better that maybe that enables him to be dating someone in the mm-hmm. first place okay i don't know remember stars born women can't save you <laughs> you know if you're suicidal before you meet a woman you're still gonna be Maybe facing those same demons after. That's true. Especially if, uh, what, if she's a sellout? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God, stop. Okay. Um, <laughs> cute dog, though. Cute so dog. Uh, th- there's a second coffee. They notice the second coffee cup when they're sitting talking to Marcus, and it's, it's Liza Green. Yeah. And then, like in the beginning, Sammy runs out. But this time, Nate's right there with them. Chasing yeah. after him. Yeah, he he he's wrapped himself in an American flag, so there's yeah. symbolism there. The flag's but the cape. There was yeah. also this moment between um Sammy and and Nate when he gave him he found a, a doll. Right. Uh, he had these animal figurines that yeah. we find out midway through the movie. The therapist decided he needed to uh get rid of them because mm-hmm. they were his sister's animals. Yeah. And I guess uh the therapist therapist's idea is that it would be him letting go yeah um and but jessica just, and grace both agreed that was a terrible idea but of course they just have to accommodate with yeah, the therapist deal with it and he's secluded himself throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. so this, this is like the first time he's gotten out of bed yeah you know what i mean and he puts on his cape his american flag cape and he runs outside and slow, the first and only slow motion in the movie mm-hmm second week in a row some slow motion at the end of the movie yeah much to much different effect mm-hmm. slow motion of them chasing sammy we don't see them get him yeah it cuts to black before then but also yeah, the camera pulls out kind of like pulling out of the driveway of the building we had only all the exterior shots were from the same distance of the building um but then all of a sudden we're pulling out and it kind of seems more like a real place almost mm-hmm. in that moment yeah i i like that he this time sammy was playing with them like obviously playing. he was like trying them. to dodge them yeah, yeah. He was trying to dodge them. he wasn't trying to run away he was just trying not to get caught yeah and it was different from the first time and i like that as well this 
ending is such like a I, I don't know like um sentimental like obviously sentimental like, like but it's not che- just, like, it's not cheesy though because it's it, i think it's still it's not cheesy but i felt a little cheesy about it really yeah yeah like it was good and it left me smiling like i couldn't stop smiling at the end of this movie but i was just like yeah that was a very like kind of like cheesy. I mean, it comes full circle but yeah I it think, is a full circle i think ending. because it's on it's not so heavy-handed they don't i don't know I'll defend it. I I felt it. <laughs> I was just like, oh, like I think it's effective. <laughs> like I can't think of a movie that that also ends like that. But I like, I feel like I've seen that. It's not a, it's a kind that, of ending like, where that, it's like, yeah. hey, we're not gonna tie up everything. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna show you that the this is the story is still happening. Yeah. The things you're watching, are, these characters are still, still here, yeah. even if the movie's over. Yeah. And I like that it leaves you with that sense. Yeah. I like um, that too. Then we get, over the ending credits, we get Keith Stanfield rapping. Keith rapping. Yeah. I um maybe should have included him in our list of favorite actor musicians. I forgot. Yeah. He's got a rap group called Moors, M-O-R-R, M-O-O-R-S, like um Othello. Uh, and you know he the I rapping mean, scene in this movie is very powerful. He he also raps over the end credits of "Sorry to Bother You." So that's two movies now he's gotten the Will Smith treatment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, talented guy. Talented guy. I didn't know he was doing it for real. I didn't know like he had a, like a whole band. I thought it was just something he like tried doing, but. He's got, it's him it's and a, a, a producer. Group. I forget the guy's name, but he hosts a good podcast for NPR called Song Exploder. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, where they like di- every episode they get a new band or artist on and they dissect each track of a song, like each um, or each component of a song. They yeah. really dis- I don't know. shout out to that podcast. Yep. Oh, uh, short term twelve. <laughs> yeah. Movie or film. Uh, I have to say, it's a film. Why? Because it's so heavy-handed. It's so like. Is like, it heavy-handed? It's heavy. I think, I think it's it's heavy, and it's like. It's like it's like a really good Oscar bait movie. I see. I don't think so. You don't I think, think so? Okay. This is why I, th- I think it's important, but it's not capital I important. It's not mm-hmm. drawing attention to itself. Mm-hmm. It's not. It didn't end with um, text on screen giving statistics about uh, group homes. Mm-hmm. No, no, I th- I think it's more understated than you're giving it credit it, for. It's more understated. Yeah, I think it's. Okay. A, I th- I'm not saying it like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Well, because like, I don't not, like those kinds of movies. Though. Movie, yeah, I know, but I don't like know? the kinds of heavy-handed capital I important movies. Mm-hmm. I like the lowercase I. Yeah, no, this is <laughs> definitely more like an indie flick of that you know what i mean like more like, yeah definitely like there's a lot of thought in this movie this is yeah this, this is movie, that without the of, studio notes of saying if you include this this and this then mm-hmm. we'll get all those sweet oscars yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very like focused and pinpointed and it has like a really good handle mm-hmm. i wonder if the director right yeah. um he grew up in a uh, group homes right he so this no is, like, he he uh worked in one he worked after okay. college yeah so 
based on the filmmaking you saw on display here, what are your thoughts about him being selected to make Shang-Chi? Yeah, that's gonna be interesting to see him do like uh, a martial arts. He had to do action, you know what I mean? It's gonna be like a like a a, a Ryan Coogler, Coogler yeah. situation. Well, he did Creed before Black Panther. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. It's my understanding that Disney, when they bring on directors, they tell them we'll do all the action and visual effects. You don't have to worry about that. Which is probably explains why those are sometimes the least compelling Moments. portions of movies. Yeah, let's get uh, Barry Jenkins to direct the... No. No. <laughs> Please let Barry Jenkins keep making Barry Jenkins movies. I'm joking. Okay. Can't Marvel have enough? Don't they, like... When, well, Disney can't is we draw on a, a roll. They're, they're getting everything. Don't be surprised. <laughs> Oh, now it's in your head. The thoughts in your head. It would be a really good Disney movie, yeah. and one of the lesser Barry Jenkins movies. Yeah. I feel like a, a Disney, not even like a superhero, but a Disney Barry Jenkins movie would be interesting. It'd be. He's not making movies. It, it for would families. be like because he, he has this like this like beautiful eye for stuff, yeah. and it would be like with a Disney lens. It would be so like disgusting, fl- like flush and like lush and like yeah but also rotten behind the surface (laughs) (laughs) decaying underneath (laughs) oh so vile (laughs) yeah all right um yo it's about to be a very uh busy weekend you know and i'm looking forward to seeing some movies oh you're seeing Multiple movies. I'm seeing multiple movies. I know you're seeing Ma with your Ma. I'm going to see Ma with my Ma. And uh, Godzilla. Oh, right. Godzilla. Right, we might see that Sunday. Yes, yes. And that might be our next episode? Yeah. Yeah, yes. Summer starts with Godzilla. Okay. So let's do. Godzilla. I still, I really want to see Shin Godzilla. I still, we still haven't watched that. Oh, you I told will me show you. you. I, I will show you that movie because I will it's like... probably not better than this new one's gonna be. Yeah, it'll be like my fourth, fifth time watching that movie. So like, I'll watch it. So, could that be the podcast instead? Shin. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. This is gonna be awesome. This is gonna be great. All right, our next movie is gonna be Shin Godzilla. Yes, the Japanese Godzilla. Yes. Cool. I'm excited for that. Yeah. And I hope you are too, listeners. Mm -hmm. We're on Twitter at MovieFilmPod. And email us, MovieFilmPod at gmail.com. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in (laughs) to Movie. Movie. Film. Film. Film.